0: Welcome to Get the Feck Out, a podcast for wannabe expats. If you want to move to another country, we want to help you.
1: I'm Tara Halliman, an American living in Ireland
0: with my family, enjoying the crack. I'm Caroline Donahue, an American getting ready to move from Los Angeles to Berlin with too many pets.
1: Join us for episodes with practical tips and advice born from our experience getting the feck out. Here's the show. Hi and welcome to the GTFO pod. Today we are talking about the thing that people don't really like to talk about and that is money. It's money. the thing that... <laughs> It's the thing that actually enables you to make the move and it's the part of the puzzle that you really sort of need to figure out as early as possible.
0: Yeah, money, yeah. money on both sides of the pond. I would say if you're moving over a pond, so to speak. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Money, uh, money before you make the move, um, after you make the move, uh, the different issues involved in currency and negotiating accounts on in different countries. That's that's fun.
0: Yeah, so we're going to cover as much as we can today. But as we were planning, we realized mm, this might need several episodes. So. As you're listening to this and any other episode that we have, you can comment on the show notes at gtfopod.com. Tell us what was helpful. Tell us what questions you still have, because we really do look at those to plan future episodes.
1: Yes, it's true. Tell us. um, Yeah, because the money thing is, it's huge, right? And if you don't think about all the different aspects before you can go, you can get blindsided by something. That, That was my... Uh, One of my experiences that there was a cost that I hadn't planned for, and that that comes and you're like, well, looks like we're (laughs) dealing with this money issue now.
0: Well, why don't we start with that? Because I luckily got to benefit from hearing about your experience when you moved. So talk a little bit about the planning you did before moving to Ireland, and then – what maybe a couple of the surprises there were. So we'll, and then I'll talk a little bit about what we did for Germany and then we can get into the ways we set up our money systems once we arrived. Okay.
1: Excellent. Um, for us, it was all about saving as much money as possible before we left. And so, um, uh, additionally paying down any, uh, credit that we had on our, on our credit cards, because I wanted to sort of I knew that I was going to be taking on debt, making the move in one way or another, because I just knew that I wouldn't be able to save enough money to not do that. Um, but it was just all about like putting as much money in the bank as possible and preparing for the possibility of using credit cards and whatnot to help with pieces of the move. So that's what we did pre move. And, um, Fortunately, I was able to put a lot of money into savings, not as much as I ended up like, I don't think you ever have enough money in savings, right? Um, But I I went into it with a a number that I felt comfortable with. And it wasn't like $10,000 for sure. It was more like $8,000, which doesn't sound like a lot of money now that I say that. (laughs) But at the time, it felt okay. It felt like that was enough to at least get us over to Ireland and get us set up and get us uh, to a place where we could feel okay about making
0: next steps. Yeah, I think something that was critical, that was very similar for us in that the priority for at least a year before making the move was to pay down as much debt as possible and to save as much money as possible. So there was a lot of eating in, there was a lot of potluck socializing, which thankfully was kind of the norm in my friend group anyway, um, but not going out and doing fancy things with the understanding that that was money that was going to be saved, paid off, or in preparation for the move. So that's a mindset I think that's helpful. Um, mm-hmm. There's some great resources out there in in terms of budgeting, savings. Um, that's not necessarily our expertise. But one thing I found really helpful and continue to do so is Sarah Van Bargain's resources about budgeting. Um, she has a course, which of course I'm forgetting the name of, but we'll put in the show notes. That's about, you know, how to hack your grocery savings and so on so that you can do crazy recipes from what you have in the fridge already and save as much as a month's worth of groceries per month, like creative stuff like that. If you add that mm-hmm. up over time, that will help.
1: Um, and also knowing, I think knowing that you have this goal of what you're saving for you knowing that you're going to be making this move and that the money saved now is going to be helping you to meet that end. I think that that goes a long way in, in helping with eating in.
0: Yeah. I was way happier about eating in, knowing that I was ultimately going to be living in Berlin than I was eating in because Los Angeles was just too expensive for me, which was the other problem. And part of what motivated the move was like, wow, we have to pay really high rent and it eats up too much of our, our income. And um, yeah, so we just can't go out. that, not so fun, but we're going to move to another country. Very fun. Um, And I think that the other thing to factor in is that there will be a period of time when you're not necessarily able to work in the new country. So in addition Mm -hmm. to the costs of plane tickets, whether you decide to ship stuff or not, whether you're going to be storing things at home, you'll want to factor in what the cost of living is in your new country, depending on where you're moving. And, the amount of time it may take you to get a job because for us from when we arrived in September to when we got the visa in February was five months and we tried to get an appointment in October for the visa but there wasn't one available until February so you may have delays and if you're able to do things like work my husband is able to work remotely as is Tara's so if you can work for clients or do work remotely from your home country. I've been able to teach um, for an online writing school, you know, other things like that. In addition to savings and money that you have in hand, it's good to have ideas about how you can drum up some income in the interim Uh period. That's not illegal in your new country. That's That's a very good good point. Yeah, yeah, I was doing some freelance
1: writing and some uh, marketing consulting and some stuff like that as I was looking for jobs in Ireland. And I think that that made didn't it it, it helped knowing that I was bringing some money in, you know, what, even if it was a little amount, but it made me feel a little better about, you know, the money that we were spending in housing and whatnot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just remember the name of it. It's Sarah Van Bargen's Bank Boost. And so she has not only ways to save, but she also has earning spree as a concept. And I think looking at her ideas for earning spree, um, options to help build up more savings, have options you can do, thinking about skills you have that maybe you haven't thought about turning into income, all of those would be worth considering. So this yes. was all the pre-move portion, which is still, oh. you're still sort of on familiar ground. But then... You arrive in a new country, and everything is a little bit different. So maybe talk about the process of setting up your money systems in Ireland, because it's quite different from what we've talked about than it is in Germany. Uh, Yeah, well, so... When we were first over here and I
1: was looking for a job, that was just like, it's funny because you just see all of the money draining out of your (laughs) (laughs) account and you're like, TikTok, TikTok, let's interview, let's go, let's get a job. Um, But then once you have the job, you're like, okay, this is excellent, I have the job, now I have the money, everything's going to be smooth. And then you're like, oh, I need to find a place to house and store that money. (laughs) Yes. And in Ireland anyway, to... For me to open a bank account, I needed to show that I was both living here, so like proof of mail, paying utility bill, that sort of thing, and then also I had to show proof of my job in order to open the bank account. And I don't know if that's the same for everyone uh, in Ireland opening a bank account or, or what the deal was, but I needed to have both of those things. So you know, I wasn't able to open the bank account until I had my first paycheck, so it was like a month into the process. Before I could actually start doing that, so it's. I think it's. Um, yeah, yeah. It's. It was fun. It was a lot of meetings in the bank with the like branch manager because she couldn't. We couldn't figure out some of this stuff, and I was like, okay, I'm just opening a bank account, right? Like this. <laughs> it
0: will be Didn't think it should be this complicated astonishing to you. How complex the process is, and yeah, it's completely different in Germany. But you do need. It's a bit of a catch-22, which it sounds like it is in Ireland as well. You're going to think about the book Catch-22 a lot. um, Because in Germany, there are particular steps that you have to follow in order to get to the elusive bank account moment. And that is, first, you have to have an apartment and then you have to get what's called the Anmeldung, which means you have to be registered as the resident of that apartment, which means you have to have the lease, Uh, signed by your landlord. And then you have to go to this office, which is kind of like a DMV office where you will present. If you're married, you have to bring your marriage license and show which will mystify them because it will not look like a German marriage license. And then all of them will come over and look at it like it's an archaeological (laughs) artifact and giggle and say, what the hell is this? Um, Which we've experienced a lot. And um, if you're not married, each person in the the uh, place not children obviously but if you're you know partners living together who are not married you will each have to get an unmeldung so you go to the office you present your lease showing that you live there and then you will get this document it's for their census I think to keep track of where everyone lives so you can't do anything without the unmeldung so once you've done and it's all in German by the way so um if you if you don't speak German um you will probably want to take a friend who speaks German so um we went we did the unmeldung i did fairly well in my you know kind of sound like a drunk teenager german and then you they give you a letter with a stamp on it there's lots of letters with stamps on it and it you must have the unmeldung before you're even allowed to get a bank account however you do not have to have a job in order to Mm -hmm. get a bank account in germany so do you need a job to get the unmeldung no um but you often need a job that was good german too it was great (laughs) You often need a job in order to get an apartment. <laughs> so um, yeah, the way that's that a we circle there. Yeah, yeah that we're dealing with this now. So we'll talk about that in a future episode. But we <laughs> what we did was we got a. Furnished temporary apartment through an agency, which is more expensive than getting a regular lease. But you can't get a lease until you have a visa, until you have a job or some kind of proof of income and credit and all this kind of stuff. So we knew we needed at least six months. So we went through an agency, rented a furnished apartment, got the unmelding through the furnished apartment, and then got the bank account. The other thing that Whew. was really striking about the bank account, I have to say. We went to the Deutsche Bank because we were like, we want to be legit. We're going to go straight to Deutsche Bank. And <laughs> um because we wanted to feel, you know, really like we knew what was going on and um and that Germany felt we were taking it seriously. So we went and the people were so lovely and it was so different than getting a bank account in the US for many reasons. The first of which they presented us with lattes which has never what? happened to me in a bank we came in there like oh hello this was all in German sit down wonderful we'll get, would you like some coffee and we thought it was going to be like crap bowling alley coffee but no it was lattes they gave us each lattes and then they sat there and filled out every bit of the paperwork with us for like an hour
1: and wow. then they showed
0: us the website and they showed us how everything worked I mean my German wasn't I was retaining like 40% of it but still the end of which I said okay so how do we give you the money to put in And they said, Langsam, Langsam, which means slow down, slow down. Um, They didn't want any of our money. After spending (laughs) an hour with us, they said, you'll receive something in the mail, which will have your account number and stuff. And then once you have that, you can log into the website, and then you can wire money into your account. But they honestly did not care if we ever put money into that account. They were perfectly happy to help us, sit with us for an hour, explain everything. They had us come back two weeks later to do it in English with someone to make sure we had understood and we were completely comfortable. It was crazy. Mm. However, yeah. however, the side effect of this is that we um, there was one mistake in the form that the person had filled out. So we didn't find out until two weeks later. That was why we <laughs> hadn't gotten anything in the mail. And then we had to wait another week for stuff to come. In the meantime separate conversation. You, you can't get a cell phone until you have a bank account. So as soon as we had the bank account, we ran to the Vodafone and got our thing. So it took so long for the bank account to be set up that the payment to the Vodafone had bounced in the meantime because they had not allowed <laughs> us to put any money in there. And the Vodafone people were so uh, not shocked. They were like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just pay with cash. No big deal.
1: That's anyway. because bank people are too busy making lattes, maybe, and not actually doing the job they need to be doing.
0: They're so friendly and lovely, though. This woman, I wanted to hug her at the end, and she was so delighted that we were from the U.S. Like, when we said, and we said, oh, where were you? This is all in German. Where were you born? To us, and we said, you know, Ohio and Maryland, where we were both born. And she said, oh, in English, ah, oh, born in the U.S.A. Like, it was just <laughs> the most wonderful thing. It was so cute. Um, I loved her. Oh. But yeah, we it took us, I think, three to four weeks for our bank account to be fully set up. So just factor that in. Yes. Factor yes. that in. It takes yes. a while. <clears throat> yes. So
1: Um, the other issue that I was gonna bring up is that when we came over here, I was still paying some bills in US dollars out of my US bank account. Oh, we still and- do that. My, I, well, I still do, of course, yeah, too, but at my Irish bank account charges a lot to transfer money. So I was like, I need to find a cheaper option because I'm going to be like transferring a lot of money to my US banking account. So I had to find the service that does that. And oh, there wow. are, yeah, transfer transferwise, transfer wise, all these different transfer things. But so as a matter of also like, I get paid in Euros have to transfer that to US dollars to my bank account so that I can pay some bills out of my US bank account. It's really fun having money.
0: Oh God. And then in the currencies, different countries. (laughs) In the opposite direction, because if you have money in dollars and we had savings there that we periodically when we've needed to wire from the US to our German bank accounts. If you have over ten thousand dollars, not euros, outside of the U.S. in any kind of account that that was dollars and was moved into another country, you have to inform the U.S. of this. So, when we were first dealing with like deposit for you know all kinds of stuff, um, we were very careful to keep it under that number because we didn't want to deal with it. So, this is also something to know. Um, yes. And if you have any way of getting yourself into USAA Bank, um, anyone listening who happens to be able to USAA Bank, if you were in the military, have a parent or potentially grandparent who has USAA, get it because they have the most reasonable wiring rates I have found. Oh, so, so my, as hot my tip, dad, hot as, as my dad puts it, his brief and unimpressive career in the Navy has paid dividends for <laughs> for decades. Um, excellent thank you thank you usaa Um, (gasps) so then then well that brings us to another topic which is um paying bills in europe is different than paying bills in the us and i'm interested because we have not discussed this in advance whether it's different between ireland and germany but we for the most part do transfers oh that's all they do here transfers okay great. so that's probably an eu thing
1: Yep. And it's so amazing and easy oh, and so great. thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> so basically when you have a a bank card, you know, your card, you have what's called an IBAN number and that's not your account number. It's the number on your card and that is sort of the keys to the kingdom. And it's yes. the number that you use. Um, actually it's the number that people will want to pay you and you will need that number for say your landlord utility companies, et cetera, <clears throat> or anybody you want to pay. Honestly, yep. if you have an IBAN number, you can just send a transfer and it, and it goes to them and you don't have to think yep. about it ever again. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. And we were talking, Caroline and I earlier that,
1: um, like we don't, they don't know what checks are. Like people just don't use checks here. Like in America, I feel like it's just the thing you get when you open your bank account, here are your checks and people use checks. And we like, I just touched my first check the other day when I got a refund from an insurance company. And I was like, crazy.
0: This is a check. What do I do with this? <laughs> yeah. You're like, why didn't you just send me a transfer? It's, <gasps> yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. You don't. I've never dealt with a check here at all. Um, yeah. Even for a job I'll be doing that's two hours a week. They just want my IBAN number. They're not even going to write me a check for that.
1: Yep. Yep. Just put the money right in there. Thank you.
0: So, and then there's another thing which will be interesting to know, and this varies quite a bit by country from what I understand, but countries have strong preferences for card versus cash. Uh, Mm -hmm. Germany is very cash heavy. They don't have the same ability to pay with cards. People are perpetually mystified by this who aren't. And there are two different types of cards. And if you have a Deutsche Bank account or other kind of European bank account, there is a different category of card. An EC card is sort of a more secure card than your basic um, Amex. Well, Amex is a credit card, but you could have a Visa or a MasterCard, even if it's a debit card, because we have two types of banks. We have Deutsche Bank for our main accounts, and then Barry and I each have a um, N26 account, which is a little bit faster to respond deutsche bank is like a big ocean liner and then we have our little expat bank that we can move money more quickly and it's easier to deal with um that does not have an ec card so there are certain places like when i go to how the do California, i know if i have an ec card do i have
1: an ec card
0: i'd have to look at it uh, does it say it on there like what i know you might know yeah there's a logo um I'll put a link to this in the show notes as to what they look like. But basically, um, if you take cash out in Germany, anyone will take cash. So if you don't have an EC card, you can just pay with cash and it's no big deal. Um, but if you want to pay with card in particular, at larger restaurants, in tourist areas, whatever, you'll be fine paying with a credit card. But it's not like London where you can pay with a credit card. Anywhere, no biggie. Nobody cares. Yeah. And yeah. um, Yeah, and the whole public transit system is different. Like in London, you can use a tap card. Oh, this is a fun thing in Europe that we don't have in the US. A lot of places you'll have a card where you can just tap it on the register and then you enter a PIN and you're done. You don't even have to stick it in the thing. They're like... Oh, sister, you don't even have to put a PIN number in here. You just
1: tap. It's so easy.
0: Yeah, we tap tap, 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 up to a certain amount and then you put a PIN above a certain amount. But yeah, for the most part, just tap it. It's great. Just tap it makes it. it makes it real easy to buy stuff let me tell you yeah that's the danger yeah yeah totally so. the danger yeah so I think those are the main things but the thing to know is that yes there's a, uh, things that people will want us to talk about are like what about the taxes and we think that that's complicated enough that maybe yeah. that's a separate episode and also we are not accountants nor are no. we international tax attorneys
1: no definitely not any sort of tax attorney no
0: the one thing i will say that, that that i do know from having spoken to my accountant is that if you are living outside of the u.s and you make less than a hundred thousand a year you do not have to pay u.s income if you have uh, income tax if you have proof that you have paid income tax on that in another country so okay. if you're making less than 100 grand a year and that's per person it's not per family yes so you'd yes. have to if you're a married couple living abroad you'd have to make more than 200 grand um, yep. well i guess you could do it if one of you was making 50 and the other one was making 120 you'd still have, one of you would have to pay it so basically if each of you is making less than 100 you don't have to also pay us income tax um yes. so that's the one Bit I can tell you, if you mm-hmm. manage it no, that, that way, then you're fine.
1: Yep, yep. But the reason we think that it's probably a more advanced conversation is when you run into situations where one person is paying tax in one country and the other person is paying tax in another country. That's that's fun too. Yes. So we could talk about that later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that that there's all these things. It's like uh, uh, again, this sort of circle of things tripping off other things, which is, it depends on what kind of visa you have. Um, Germany's visa situation is very, is basically the opposite of Ireland's, which is because I have an English teaching visa. Barry gets a visa where he's basically a citizen and can do whatever he wants as the spouse. It's like he has a better deal than me versus your situation where you have a job visa and your husband is not allowed to work at all.
1: Yeah. He can apply for... A visa to work but yeah it doesn't come like yeah with with my visa or anything like that no
0: i think the visa process is a whole other episode but these are just things to know um yes i guess the the general takeaways from this are you need to factor in additional time at the beginning and if you are wiring money international uh, internationally it takes a few days it takes days for it to come out of Either the U.S. or the country where you're living, if you depending on which direction you're going on, and it takes a couple days for it to appear in the other bank account. So there will be three, four, or five days in the middle where it's hovering around. So you want to plan for that if you're paying bills or dealing with expenses in other places. Mm-hmm. And another
1: thing, um, are like think about like we had to take out cash from you know like from ATMs to pay for a short-term rental here or this thing over there and so you really have to like think about what's the limit of money that i can take out where like what where am i where is this money coming from is this coming from over here over like just so many things in terms of getting the cash into hand
0: yes and then a whole other thing is how do you budget once you're operating in two different currencies with bank accounts in opposite places that is just a headache and i haven't solved it yet but these are things you'll have to think about and it, it's just its just something else that you have to do when you're here. Yep, yep. Just try to
1: save more money than you think you'll need.
0: <laughs> save more money than you think you need. Be prepared to add extra time to your timelines. But yeah. then once your money is all set up, it is so much easier to pay bills. So you have that to look forward to, at yes. least in the EU. We can't speak for other places at this point. Yes, yes, that's true. So thank you for listening to this. Um yes. hopefully helpful and not terrifying overview.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, money, I think money is just a scary topic in general, but when it comes to moving and you're factoring in a whole different currency or language, like it can seem to be one of those insurmountable things. But
0: it's just money. Come on. Yeah, it's just money and it's just like anything else that you're learning in a new situation is you just take baby steps and you figure it out. And for the most part, everybody has been extremely helpful and open to us asking questions. So Mm -hmm. at the very least, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, Everyone has been very happy to help. Yes,
1: for sure. So and and if you have questions, if this episode brought up some or I'm sure there's a lot that we did, forgot to talk, forget to you know mention, please let us know, send us a note. Uh, we'll be happy to address it in a later, later episode.
0: Yeah, post in the comments. You can check it out, um, gdfopod.com. Okay. Leave us comments, send us emails, whatever you like. If it feels scary to leave it in a public forum, that's fine too. And um, we look forward to talking to you again in two weeks. Yay. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to GTFO Pod. For show notes, links, and other fun things, head to gtfopod.com.
0: You can stay in touch with us on social media with the hashtag GTFO Pod. See you next time.